first up, I would like to welcome Maria Angelico to the stage. I met Maria on set in 2018 and fell in love with her warm personality straight away. Maria is an actor, writer and producer who has created her own shows and starred in Australian classics such as Sisters and The Newsreader. Maria did a Backyard Stories remotely during lockdown, so I'm thrilled to have her here in person. Please make her feel welcome. This story started on one of those days of a holiday where your deeply relaxed, timeless state is disrupted by actually having to do something, stick to a deadline and, and use your brain. My partner and I, we had stupidly believed it was a good idea to drive our overpriced rental car for six hours across Italy from Bologna to Rome to then catch a train, then a plane to the island of Sicily. Two traffic jams due to accidents, four road work delays and an incredible buffalo mozzarella salad from a petrol station later. We arrived in Rome's centre and its hellish traffic to return our rental car, all whilst disputing my navigation skills, which were not shit. It was maps that uh, didn't know the difference between a one-way and a two-way street. So, yeah, <laughs> it was... Um, it was an absolutely fucked situation. Uh, driving in Rome in a hurry is a very specific type of hell. When we dropped off the car, knowing full well that we'd be billed for a number of unnecessary imaginary charges, and ran through Rome, Termini to have the ticket machine shit itself on us and eventually board our train to the airport as the doors closed to then cop a 100 euro fine for not having the correct ticket. It was just one of those days. I'm someone that loves to get to the airport early. I like being relaxed. I like being able to pee or have a snack and check in my luggage easily before boarding. What can I say? I don't like to stress. I don't like to miss a flight. But my partner, <laughs> on the other hand, is one of those people that will calmly pack their bags as we walk out the door and aim to get to the airport just as the flight is boarding. That day we were those people at the airport that passively, aggressively are saying, excuse me, and thank you, and um, just behind you, and babe, where are you going? It's, um, it's this way. <laughs> the gate's this way. We were those people. Those people that you see and you're always really relieved that you're not them. <laughs> By the time we reached the check-in desk, covered in sweat and frustration with just three minutes to spare, we were told that because we were so late uh, and we were the last people to check in and the flight was overbooked, we couldn't sit together, which I didn't really understand, but I didn't really care. We needed space. <laughs> <laughs> Travelling is one of those wonderful tests of a relationship, isn't it? Um, we went our separate ways and agreed not to see each other until we arrived in Sicily. I was a little nervous about going to Sicily. I had never been and um, I had been nervous ever since we booked our tickets, even though it's somewhere I've always wanted to go. Uh, I'd been to Italy before, but I never felt game in a way to go to Sicily. Uh, the thing is, my father is Sicilian and I grew up without him and he's famously a career magician whose best disappearing act was when I was born. Um, that's not a joke. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Um, so yeah, a shitty absent dad and I have no connection to him and therefore no con connection to my Sicilian heritage either. 
He also left a bit of a mess in his wake. He was abusive and unkind to my mother and sisters. So I grew up being told that everything to do with him was something to avoid, including magic, lol. Uh, but that's, that's a whole other story. Um, but uh, so <laughs> somehow as much as I desired to connect with my Sicilian uh, heritage, I've lost my place. Um, yeah, I, I, it always was something that felt fraught and um, limited. Actually, when I think about it, any kind of family connection or family history has always felt limited for me for quite a long time. Family was something that other people experienced in unlimited ways, but I never felt that. I'd, I'd never known my father, as I mentioned, um, or been able to get to know him or his side of the family. And um, when I was 21, I lost my mother and um, both her parents who raised me. So family's always been um, something that felt very limited to me. It was a limit that I'd learnt to live with. I heard hushed gasps and awes of the passengers around me and looked out the plane window to see what the fuss was about. And there it was, the site of Mount Etna, a truly huge volcano puffing smoke casually like someone with a vape waiting for a bus. <laughs> the site of this big Etna mountain volcano surrounded by blue-green seas and a chaotic city, it instantly soothed me and I'd forgotten about my apprehension and the 100 euro train fine. We convened at the baggage claim and my partner introduced me to the woman he'd been sitting next to and chatting to on the plane a local named Priscilla. Actually pronounced Priscilla, which was cool. Uh, but I'll keep saying Priscilla for some reason. Because um, <laughs> I feel like Effie. Um, Priscilla was sweet and little and had a great smile despite looking like she'd been on a 24 hour long haul trip, which she had been. Um, she'd been in New Zealand for the last couple of years and was back visiting her parents and family in Sicily. We chatted and we waited for our bags and she gave us tips, local tips, and we exchanged our plans, learning that the apartment we were house-sitting, a friend had just purchased a small place in an inland town, you know, one of those like buy a ancient villa in Italy for a dollar kind of things. Um, well, they paid more than a dollar, but it was, it, it was old as fuck and again, that's another story. Um, but Priscilla was surprised we were staying in such an old, untouristy town. And um, she warned us of experiencing some culture shock and getting stares and nothing fancy, no air con, nothing to do, etc. I imagine that scene from The White Lotus, um, you know, when the, the grandfather and the son and the father, they go to that town and they get chased out by the nonna who throws an artichoke at them. Um, <laughs> it was... Actually, to be honest, it wasn't far off that. Um, when we first arrived in the town, there was like a 200-year-old woman with no teeth cooking a potato on a fire out the front of our house. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Priscilla explained that her family lived in the small town across from our small inland town and kindly gave us her phone number in case we got stuck or chased with artichokes or anything, which was really kind of her. A few days later, Priscilla invited us to come and visit her family's town and have dinner. Of course, we said yes. The next day, we put on our cleanest clothes and drove past all the old Italian men in our town that sat on their plastic chairs in the square. They were there all day, every day, smoking, staring, playing cards, 
peeling fruit all day, every day. The town was mostly populated by little old people that I grew to get familiar with and greet with my buongiornos and buonaseras every, every day. And I loved it. Um, as we drove past them, I wondered what would become of this town in 30 years' time. We continued through the narrow roads and down the mountain. Yes, the old town was at the top of a mountain, um, Trey Medieval, and down the death-defying windy blind turn-filled road onto a long road to the next town to meet Priscilla and her family that she warned none of which spoke English or Italian. Um, they spoke Neshemi-style Sicilian, <laughs> which is a thing, uh, as the sun set on the empty road and we followed her directions because Google Maps doesn't work in inland Sicily unless you want to drive into a surprise paddock of rubbish. Um, I had thought that we might get murdered. <laughs> Uh, what the fuck were we doing driving in the middle of no man's land with no reception to a stranger's country house for dinner? I thought about messaging a friend and then uh, realised that, yeah, we had no reception. <laughs> um, I could hear the news report in my mind, two stunning Australians have gone missing, last seen in but fuck no West Sicily wearing embarrassing amounts of linen <laughs> and deep bronze tans. <laughs> um, but it's okay, we didn't get murdered. Uh, instead, we were warmly welcomed by Priscilla and her sister and her nonna asking us where our bags were. They were expecting us to stay the night or a few nights, which somehow we'd missed. They'd made up the upstairs level of Nonna Graziella's house for us. The thought that they were opening up their home to us blew our minds and freaked us out a little bit. We, we literally just met her at the airport and here she was with her sweet grandmother fussing around looking for spare toothbrushes and offering to wash our clothes. Then we met Priscilla's parents, Pepe and Maria, who were hot party animals that had prepared a big traditional feast for us. There was nothing murdery, murdery about these people. Nothing even stressful about them. I know it sounds really cliche, like, yeah, we met some relaxed Italians. Um, but <laughs> this family really knew how to live. We drank wine, ate Mama Maria's special artichokes, drank more wine, tried to talk to each other with our limited languages, relying on made-up sign language. We laughed, we drank more, ate pasta a la norma, smoked cigars, or tried to, made ourselves sick from trying to smoke cigars, and tried to tell stories. Some friends of theirs popped in too with little babies, and we exchanged more mimed stories late into the night as one of the kids, little baby Alfonso, fell asleep in Pepe's lap. They taught us all about their lives, and we told them about ours and they became obsessed with finding my blood relatives in Sicily, saying that they knew some local Angelicos and assured me not to worry as they don't think my name is connected to the mob. <laughs> uh, we learned the Sicilian slang word spacuso, meaning cool, I think, and that was a real hit. <laughs> and we had everyone in hysterics when we attempted to use it um, at any time. Every time my boyfriend and I had a moment between ourselves that night, we mouthed, what the fuck, in delight. And yes, we stayed the night, of course. In the morning, we met Nonna and Priscilla downstairs where it was much cooler. 
Both of them were still in their 90s, shuffling around the kitchen, making percolator coffee and arguing in Italian over which biscuits and cake to offer us for breakfast. There was something specific about this moment and their 90s that made me feel so at home. I did my best to speak to Nonna in my bad Italian Sicilian and she squeezed my arm with recognition as I tried. We learned of her favourite bread, (laughs) her cleaning routines and her long-lived rivalry with the other Nonna who lives across the road. (laughs) Apparently there was an incident at Pepe and Maria's wedding years ago with matching dresses. Throughout the morning, we met the whole family, Zia Conchetta and her Pomeranians, uh, cousins, aunts, uncles, and even neighbours who popped into Nonna's in the morning. It all seemed very routine. I could have sat in that cool, tiled little kitchen forever, being soothed by the chaotic hum of it all. We continued on our holiday schedule with a packed lunch of wine, pastries, and fresh peaches from Nonna, of course. We did our seaside sunbaking, sightseeing and all the fabulous things you do on a European summer holiday. But I missed this new family of ours, which was weird, but I just did. So we moved some things around and arranged to return to stay with them for a couple more days before we left, but with a change of clothes. We did it all again. Ate, laughed, drank, smoked, felt sick, ate more, learnt about each other, met more family members, danced, watched cute dances performed by little nieces. We ate more fresh cannoli and baked paninis and then night walked through the town square drinking Amaro's till 3am before Priscilla's sister drove us back to Nonna's in the narrow streets in her hatchback, (laughs) suffocating us with gossip of the locals and her chain smoking. This time around visiting the Mandukas, that's her name. We felt less like guests and more like part of the family. To me, in a way, it felt more relaxing than other parts of our holiday we'd been on. In the morning, uh, we went downstairs to Nonna's kitchen and did that all again with the 90s and the fighting over coffee and biscuits and avoided the heat, eventually saying our goodbyes. We exchanged gifts, promised to keep in touch and Pepe proclaimed he'd continue to search for my relatives with the information I'd given him. We squeezed each other and I fought back tears and then felt embarrassed for being emotional. I just met these people. With our bags packed at Catania Airport, where we first met Priscilla, we received a text. Pepe had already been to work on Ancestry.com and... As it turns out, this strange family that took us in and became our family by choice are in fact my real relatives. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Pepe discovered that my great-grandmother married, sorry, grandfather, married Maria's great-grandmother and we're long lost cousins, third removed or something. Um, Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah, so... um, this limit I've always felt with family, um, the limit I felt with the connection with my Sicilianness, and um, it's not there anymore, which is so nice. It feels quite limitless. Actually, a lot of things feel limitless after that experience. I text them all the time. I should probably take a photo right now and send this to them. Um, 
But yeah, thanks. This is um, <laughs> this is what the sleazy grandfather in the White Lotus was talking about, um, who's searching for that homecoming and that limitless love. And weirdly, we went to Sicily and we actually found it. <laughs> Thank you. Woo!